control what you can control and try to forget the rest. For me, that's a lot of preparation. Like I said, like I Google and I research, do my kids need to wear masks? Is there a play zone at the airport during my layover? And like packing is a huge thing that I can control to make sure I have everything on board that I think I want or need. And that really helps me. Like if I feel really prepared going into it, then I can be like, okay, whatever comes, comes. And it's all going to be okay eventually. Like eventually I'm going to get off that plane. And I try to keep the last few days calm and fun. So I know a lot of times, especially to go home, people are very stressed out and they're like, oh, the season has ended. I need to get home. But I would just encourage everyone to take a few extra days, make sure you get done everything that needs to get done, but you're not crazy rushed. And I like to go have lunch with friends to say bye. Go bring your kid to their favorite playground one last time, like the day before, and just try to not go into the day already in like a high stress mode. You're listening to Breaking the Ice, a podcast and community created for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players, but since has turned into so much more. Stories shared by women around the globe who come together for a sense of connection and community. You may be in the sports industry, a hockey parent, an athlete, or a person who just enjoys podcasts, but I can promise you, you'll be inspired by these women every single day while we evolve through the tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things hockey. And guess what? So much more. For women, by women, but especially for a hockey community. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Breaking the Ice. Today, we have an episode all about traveling with your kids. If you're anything like me, you are having crippling anxiety about this flight. Sounds dramatic, but it's actually true. If you have ever reached the one-year-old phase, maybe you have far surpassed it, or maybe it's in your future. It's just a very tough age to fly. So I feel like every day I'm just like worrying about this flight home. How am I going to do it? Um, I had to do an episode on it because I knew that I would not be the only person that is actually feeling this way. I figured there'd be a lot of other girls that are trying to prepare as best as possible. So in this episode, Amanda and I pretty much share both of our tips on everything. <laughs> so we covered ages zero to five. She has two kids who are three and five, and I have a 17 month old. So we kind of break it up by age range. And we also answer the questions that you guys sent in about whether you should bring a car seat on board, people asking me about the bulkhead seating, whether or not we think that you should sit there for whatever age range you're in. We also talk about things that you can do to keep your kids busy, things you can do to help your kids sleep, and any toys that you can grab to keep yourself, to keep your kids entertained. I am flying home May 4th, so <laughs> I will obviously keep you guys updated after that flight on how things went, but... And maybe you are listening to this episode while you are in your apartment, packing your things up for the season and on your way home. And if you are, thank you for listening as you're doing that and good luck to you. I know it can be really, really stressful and overwhelming to pack your stuff up. I feel like I'm kind of at that point right now where I just don't even know where to start. I've started, we have some boxes going, but I also find myself like every day just like staring and then sitting back down on the couch because <laughs> I just don't know what direction I want to go in yet. If you find this episode helpful, this is obviously an episode that anyone can listen to. You do not have to be in the hockey world. So share it to your story for me. This helps other people find the podcast and is amazing. So thank you for listening again. Safe travels to everyone that's flying home soon. And I hope you find this episode super helpful. Well, this will be really fun because I feel like this is a topic that a lot of people are really just nervous about. They're having anxiety about it. And I have felt that I feel that going into this. So let's start off. Why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how long you have been doing this back and forth 
with your kids and please tell us it gets easier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think we're finally in that phase where I'm like, Oh, flying with a baby was so easy. And it's just, it's harder from here. But now I've transitioned into that new phase where I'm like, okay, I like this. But my husband has been playing in Switzerland for the past eight seasons. um, And six of them we've had kids for. (laughs) So we've been doing this for quite a while now. We're here for another two years. So there's no end in sight for our travels (laughs) back and forth as of yet. (laughs) And yeah, like the first flight we ever did with kids, my oldest was only eight weeks old. So we really started fresh. (laughs) Yeah. Fresh out of the oven for people listening as Amanda and I were kind of talking back and forth, we wanted to really break it down kind of by age group because I did receive questions for specific age groups. And we thought it would just be easy to follow that way. I guess we'll just kind of dive right in. Let's talk about the newborn phase. So like put like newborn as zero to six, because I feel like, like you said, for me, like looking back, I was so, so nervous for those, mm-hmm. that first flight back home. Cause he was like three months old. And I was like, this is going to be hell, but it actually went really well. And now I wish I could go back in time and have that flight going home this time. <laughs> right. But, when you, when you go from flying by yourself and just being able to do your own thing and be in your own routine, especially if you have flight anxiety, that's huge. And then when you add a baby into it, you're like, Oh no, everything's changing now. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'll start off with an audience question. So someone asked, is a car seat on board worth it for a newborn? What do you think? I think the car seat thing is a hot topic because it seems to always be split. Half the people tell you definitely bring it. And the other half is like, no, don't. And I think that's because it's very individualized to your own circumstances. For me, I've never brought the car seat and I don't find it worth it. But bringing a lot onto the plane with me is like a trigger. So I don't need to lug this huge car seat where I'm just sweating, getting down the aisle. And I don't think my girls would have sat in it anyway. They didn't even like the bassinet. We worked so hard to get those bulkhead seats. And then they were in it for like 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I feel like I always try to travel super light on the actual plane because there's nothing worse than like having a bunch of crap in your aisle on top of like having your kids and everything. Was that like an easy flight for you? Did you find that it was difficult? Like what are the pros and cons? Uh, My first flight with both of them. So Evelyn was only eight weeks and it was so easy because she just slept the whole time. And really all you need are food and diapers and they're just happy to be there or sleeping the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've also never flown without my husband. So that's something that I haven't wanted to do. So I would even come back with him, even if I could have stayed in North America for a little bit longer. I just never really wanted to try that. And thankfully never had to. Um, So I think if I flew alone, I think I would want the car seat. Because then you can at least like put them in something else. So you don't have to hold them the entire time, especially I feel like it's hard because like at the newborn phase, they're so small and light. So I feel Mm -hmm. like it's not too bad having them on your lap the whole time, but that would be very daunting to fly alone with a newborn. I feel like, (sighs) yeah, I would, I would want the car seat. I think then as we are talking about traveling with kids in this episode, I have just thought about what do I need on this flight to feel my best. Sometimes when we're rushing out the door, we're running on coffee, barely any food in the morning. It's really easy to start to fall into that crashing mode. So I am traveling with athletic greens on the plane so I can just put some athletic greens in my water and make sure that I am staying fueled with energy and mental clarity throughout this flight because Lord knows I'm going to need it. You can just use literally one scoop of athletic greens and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day off right. These ingredients really support your gut health, your immune system, your energy, your focus, all of the things. It's really important when you're choosing a multivitamin that you're choosing one of quality so that you're making sure that your body is absorbing all of the ingredients. Right now, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash breaking the ice. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash breaking the ice to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What are your like top five newborn must-haves on a plane? So I think really for the newborn age, you don't need a lot. Like you think you do and you want to bring all the things just in case, but honestly, like food, diapers, we always had a favorite teether and usually it was like Sophie the giraffe. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody has. Yep. Or that, yeah, everyone has Sophie. <laughs> and then there's the little, you know, those balls that have like the holes in them that they're good for gripping. Hmm. Like the little mm-hmm. tiny balls, like the like pea size ones. Um, no, I feel like it's <laughs> almost like the size of their head, but it's like full of holes. so that they. Like, oh, yes, it. yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yep. That was the best thing ever. So we yeah. always had that. And then at that age, I feel like everything they can grip onto is a toy. So like the spoon that comes with lunch, like that's great. Yeah. I think you definitely do not need to stress on the toy front with a newborn. I feel like maybe once you get up to like the five, six month range, that's not a bad idea to bring like a few extra toys just for entertaining. But I feel like three toys max would be like enough to entertain in between the sleep for that age. For me, I found that I've always been a really big person with like sleepy cues. And I feel like that just like worked for him. So like I brought a portable sound machine. I brought his swaddle at that age. And then the nursing pillow was huge for me because I was breastfeeding. And then I just, it was nice because I felt like I could put him on the pillow. So I didn't necessarily have to have my arms like cradled around him the entire time. And I just could let him like rest on the pillow, um, without having, I mean, I feel like, I don't know about you, but every time I get off these international flights, my back is just like completely ruined. (laughs) So I'm like, what can I do to make it not this way? So I brought that. That's genius. I've never thought of that. Yeah. It was really nice. And I loved traveling with that up until I mean, I've always just traveled with it until um, he stopped nursing. The nursing cover. Yes. For me, because just for sleeping, trying to make it a little bit darker too, to get them to sleep. Mm -hmm. Do you find, so this is actually funny because I, we've sat in the bulkhead seating and it's so nice to have the extra space, but I will say a con of that. And by the way, he would not sleep in that bassinet either on the plane. Never. I wish they would. They wanted you to like cover the top of it though, which I thought was really weird. When they want you to close the top. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which, That's not going to work for me. Yeah, exactly. Cause like they're, wouldn't they be so freaked out if like they're laying in this new space and you just like put this thing over the top? I mean, I would be. <laughs> for us too. I know like different aircrafts are different, but the ones we always ended up with when they attached the bulkhead bassinet, I couldn't see in it when I was sitting down. Yeah. And like, if it was just a little bit lower and I could just kind of like see them and peek at them, I feel like I would have been more comfortable and maybe them too. I don't know. Uh, So I found that like a a con to the bulkhead seating, which I feel like it probably just overweighs it honestly to have that extra space, but it's right next to the bathrooms. I mean, we'll move into the, the, this age range next, but I found that like (laughs) when he was in between six and 12 months, that was like really tough to sit right there because he would just like instantly get like overstimulated by people going in and out of the bathroom, like the light turning on and like, you know, the squeak of the door, like that was kind of tough. Cause I felt like even if he was like drifting off to sleep, he would just like pop, like open his eyes. If he heard that. And you're like, I just want you to sleep. I know. Did you find that at, at all? Or do you feel like it's worth it to still sit there? I don't know if I'm maybe just a little bit brainwashed because when you have a baby and you're flying, people are automatically like, you need the bulkhead row. So I'm like, okay, I have an infant. I need to sit here. Like, this is where we sit. Mm-hmm. Like if it's open, but the older they get, I feel like the further back in the plane, we end up moving. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Do you guys fly an economy or do you upgrade? So when we were in Geneva, the team booked our flight and we would have premium economy. So, but there were two or three rows of them. And after we were over the 
bassinet or they were too big we would always sit in like the back two like not the front one Do you, is so, it because of the bathroom situation like just to have less like noise and people like kind of gathering up there or did you just find it was just like kind of random that you guys kept moving back no I think it was on purpose that we were like no we don't have an infant so we don't need the bassinet in the middle so we'll leave that to someone else who would like it And then kind of if you're off to the window and back a little bit, it's easier, especially on the overnight flight to kind of fall asleep. And also a lot's going on and in prime sleep time normally. Yeah. And that's usually flying probably over because it's usually, yeah, because it's nighttime. And that's the thing that sucks about flying home is it's like always during the day, your time, which is like Mm -hmm. (laughs) really hard for sleep, but with newborn status, for those listening, they will probably sleep most of the time, which is amazing. Yeah. Newborn, yeah. you'll crush it. That's easy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And make sure to bring a lot of clothes. Like, I don't know if your kids were big spit uppers, but my son was. So oh I brought like at least six outfits because like I was changing them <laughs> so often. I literally used all of them. Um, wow. And then also I just brought a change at like I think I brought a change. Um, what am I saying a change of shirt for myself because I knew he would probably puke on me and I didn't want to have to. I did have that. to do that once. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you can think of to add a value for the newborn phase? Babies. I just would say for newborn, especially if you're breastfeeding to just make sure you're really taking care of yourself too. Because I had my second, when we flew home, she was five months. And up until the flight, she had taken a bottle here and there, and I thought she would be fine with it. So I planned that like every other feed would be a bottle. And then on the flight, she refused every bottle and exclusively breastfed, not only on the flight, but all summer long. And this sweet flight attendant kind of noticed and came up to me with one of those huge water bottles and goes, do you just want to keep this? And I was like, oh my God, yes, I do. Thank you. So just make sure you're taking care of yourself too. (laughs) You know, that's so funny that you said that because that actually that same thing happened to me where he was taking bottles and everything. And then once we flew home, I, I fed him the entire flight, just like breastfed. He would never take a bottle again after that. Yeah. It was a long summer. (laughs) Yeah. It was like so crazy. I wonder if it's just like so much transition and movement and like, they're just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's something. (laughs) Oh, I just thought of something. Um, Whether you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding to give them a bottle or breastfeed during takeoff and landing because that helps with their ears. Yes. But sometimes flight attendants will tell you like, no, you have to keep them in a certain position. But once they sat down, I always did it anyway. Really? Yeah. I had a few times where they wanted the baby to sit a certain way. And I'm like, "Mm." okay. So moving into the next age group six to 12 months. Um, someone asked, this is for a nine month old, what kind of nap or sleep schedule for a 15 hour trip that gets home in the evening? So I feel like this kind of just goes into dealing with jet lag in general, like the kids we've always, as soon as we hit wherever we're going, we just kind of try to transition to that time zone. Agreed. So whether that means like, oh, they end up with an extra feed at a weird time or like a short nap at this time, we have always tried to keep it on the regular schedule. And I find that they adjust easily enough. We've done the same pretty much. I think flying over here, it's it was hard because we got in at like 8 a.m. And he didn't sleep very much on the flight. So it was tough, but basically I just kind of let the naps go like three in three hour chunks. And I just kind of like paid attention to how he was acting. So like, if he seemed like falling apart, you know, exhausted at like three o'clock, I would let him take another nap or even later. I feel like you kind of have to be like flexible too in that situation and not have expectations. Um, no, definitely not. I was, I was so frustrated for a while (laughs) with the jet lag. That's like, so, so tough once you Mm -hmm. are switching time zones. Cause I mean, like we were just up from like, or when I say we, I mean me, (laughs) I was up from like (laughs) one to three in the morning with him, just like 
crawling all over. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it literally went on for like over a week. And I thought I was losing my mind because it's so hard when you're jet lagged and your kid is also jet lagged. Right. You can't adjust until they adjust. Do you have any tips for jet lag as we're on, on the topic of it? My, both my kids are completely different. My oldest never would nap on the plane. Like we just could not get her to do it. And then she'd be overtired, but somehow she was never jet lagged. Like she would just instantly switch. And I'm like, Oh, great. Like, this is just what you do. And then I had my younger daughter and she suffers from jet lag. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So it was just waiting for me. Like we, she would wake up at like four in the morning, every morning. And at that point, I'm like, sure, I'm going to make a coffee, right? Because you're going to be up for a little bit. Well, then she would go back to sleep at 637 and I'm buzzing. Yeah, <laughs> you're ready. For so the you thing. just have to wait it out. Yeah. So, but I mean, the only thing it's the same as they tell you for adults is fresh air and hydrate and just do your best. What would you say are like for people that haven't had to deal with the jet lag yet with their kids? Like, what does that look like in kids? For mine, it was always super overtired, just crying and kind of whiny about everything. And you just, you feel for them because you can't tell them like, well, you need to sleep now, or you just need to wait it out. And then we'll like get back on schedule. So especially when we're coming over here and it's the overnight, so they do sleep on the plane a little bit. As soon as we land, it's like, okay, we're going outside to play. Mm -hmm. And I think you just have to like you said, be flexible, but just try to gently nudge them in the right direction. But yeah. it's hard because it's a lot of whining and complaining. <laughs> yeah. Which can be really triggering when you're on like really lack of sleep too, because let's face it, <laughs> when you have kids, you're really not sleeping much on the plane at all. Never. And so, yeah, like, I mean, I don't sleep I literally don't sleep on the plane. No. And it's, it's hard because you're hanging by, at least I am like, I am literally hanging by a mother effing thread (laughs) when I land, I'm like, oh my God. And usually going back home or actually even whatever, where do you, you're from Minnesota. Is that what you said? We're in Buffalo, New York, Buffalo. Okay. I don't know why I thought you said Minnesota, but like, (laughs) we always have to have like, so we usually fly from like Austria, like Vienna to Chicago. And then we have another three to five hour flight, depending on if we're going to California or Idaho. And it's just like the most, like after you get off of a 10 hour flight, literally the last thing you want to do is get back on another four hour flight. Like it's actually torture. Yeah, I know we do. We have two different routes where if we're flying right to Buffalo, then we'll go to Washington DC and then a smaller plane to Buffalo but the layover is always like four hours, which can be really hard when the kids, it's like 11 o'clock or midnight their time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but we can go now Zurich, Toronto direct. And my in-laws are outside of Toronto when they keep our car for the winter. So that's normally what we do. Okay. So that's nice. It just saves everyone some peace of mind, but then we stay overnight at my in-laws. So everybody's jet lagged and then everyone's excited to see the kids and it just ends up a little bit messy sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's hard. I feel like, well, actually I was going to say this thought just popped into my mind, but like, I didn't send this over to you, but what do you even really, cause that's something that I was kind of pondering with is like, okay, we always have this layover. And I guess you just, it's kind of survival mode. I think when you're flying and you're just like, all rules go out the window. That's how I try to look at it. I'm like, yeah, all nap rules go out the window. I'm going to attempt to stick to this, but if it doesn't like whatever, I know sometimes people try to keep their kids up so that they'll sleep on the plane, but then that can result in them getting like really overtired. And then it's just like, maybe they won't even sleep at all. Yeah. (laughs) So like, I feel like you just have to like, let them sleep if they're tired in the airport. Cause like anything is better than nothing. Yes. No. I mean, the whole day is survival mode. It's you can go into it with a plan, but you have to also know that it's not going to go according to plan and you just do what it takes and you know that it's going to end and you're going to get there, but you're going to have to go through some stuff before you get there. I don't know if you felt this way, but like traveling with COVID was kind of stressful 
because like when I flew over here, (laughs) well, it was stressful, very stressful, but (laughs) just a little bit. Yeah. Um, But when we flew over, he was like nine months old and not walking yet. So he was just like crawling, wanting to be on the floor, wanting to get on my arms. And I know this is probably like going back in time for you to think about, but, um, I mean, even in your situation too, like with kids wanting to like run around and, you know, be on the ground all the time and also dealing with like them not really wanting you to be moving around the plane as much because of COVID. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was just stressful because like he wanted to get on the ground, but I like didn't really want him on the ground at that point because of like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, it was just, COVID was very still like very prevalent and still is, but like, I think people are a little bit calming down more about it. But I was like, oh yes. God, like, I don't know if I want to put him on the ground. Like that stresses me out. But then he's like squirming and screaming. And I'm like, oh, it was, it was hard. Like flying over at nine months was, was tough. Yeah. I can't imagine like not walking yet or anything because there's already kind of this game plan. You go into flying overseas with kids and it's difficult and you do your best to try to handle it. And COVID just threw in a whole extra set of issues. And for me, last year, like my kids were older. We actually stayed here this summer. COVID hit. We kept thinking we would like leave in a couple of weeks. And then we realized like we were switching teams and moving. So we were just going to stay and we stayed for the whole summer. So I kind of skipped that, which in a way was nice not having to deal with it. But then last year in Switzerland, kids under six did not have to wear masks, but then we booked our flight home and kids over two had to wear masks. So now I'm anticipating both of my children wearing a mask for the entire flight when they haven't gotten used to it. And so that was a huge source of anxiety and it went better than I could have imagined, but leading up to it was very stressful. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Did they keep their mask on the whole time? Did they seem like flexible about that on the plane? Probably my younger one was way better about it than the older one. And you just pack all the snacks, right? Because it was the rule of if you're eating, it can be down. <laughs> yeah. And the flight attendants were really nice about it. We had some nice ones and the girls really did so much better than I thought um, they would, but <laughs> and yeah. how so, old are your girls? They're three and five now. Okay. So okay. last year when we flew, it was two and four. Oh my gosh. That would be so hard. I can't even imagine a two-year-old trying to keep a mask on. No, I thought, I mean, kids do it in North America all the time because they've had to in school. So I'm like, I know that she can do it, but she hasn't had the practice. Yeah. So how, and when you're overtired and how is that going to look? Right. Like, are they going to rip it off and freak out and cause a whole scene? I literally said to my husband, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to kick us off the plane. They're not going to let us on the flight to Buffalo. Like we're going to have to rent a car and drive (laughs) to Buffalo. Like I had it all like worked out in my head of like worst case scenario. Oh my gosh. Uh, So it went fine. And like, no one ever said anything. No, no one ever said anything. Do we know if this is like still a thing? with kids like do they still have to wear a mask you guys have to do that on the flight home we will not have to do it this time um because we're flying into toronto and the rule on air canada is under six you don't have to wear a mask okay that's good so they do not have to do it this time okay good (laughs) yeah i was gonna say because i feel like with two-year-olds like there's just no like you can't rationalize with them as you can with like a (laughs) six-year-old No, it was straight up like negotiation. Yeah. The whole flight. <laughs> you will get this if you do this. Yes. How many pieces of candy will it take to keep your mask on yeah. for the next 20 minutes? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Moving into one year. This is like my child's age. He's going to be 17 months when we fly home. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, thankfully we actually, so my husband got that shoulder surgery and then we just booked my dad a flight out here. So now he's going to fly home with us, which is just so nice because yes, like right when I picked my husband up from the surgery, he was like, we need to have like your dad come out. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Cause he's like <laughs> how- extra hands. Yeah. He's like, how are we supposed to do this? Like with the dogs and the baby and all of our bags. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like this would just be nice. Um, oh, no, you do it with the dogs too. That's amazing. 
Yeah, it's not so fun. It's honestly <laughs> just like a form of torture. I feel like I just <laughs> not to be dramatic, but I just don't like flying anyway. So then it's like, let's just add on like a bunch of piles of stress and just be trapped right. in this little bubble in the air for this long. It's just like, <laughs> but so someone asked purchase own seat or keep them as an infant on your lap and pray the row is empty. This is so relatable to me. What would you suggest? A hundred percent. If you can get the seat. Yeah. Like if, why would you have that extra element of stress going into flight day, just wondering and hoping that there's an extra seat? Like if you don't have to do that, Mm -hmm. that's what I would say. I I like the seat. We've been getting extra seats since mine turn one. Okay. Do you get that in your contract typically? Uh, Yes. It was because in the contract, it just said family. Oh, they're they're part of the family. So, okay. I am going to very closely look at my husband's contract because we're actually in this position right now where I think when we flew over, he was like, I didn't really think about it much. Like I was just like, oh, he's going to be under two. So like he can just sit on me, like not really realizing how big and how mobile (laughs) he was going to get. And now that's like one of my like biggest anxieties is I'm just like, I can't even fathom like having him on my lap. But the thing is like, we we fly premium and it's expensive. Like, and that's something that's like tough. It's like, my ticket was like over 2000 euros. Like when I booked my round trip ticket, um, which is a lot of money. And I think that's kind of the tough spot because, you know, it's, it's smart to get it in your contract. You're very smart to do that. And I'm doing that forever (laughs) after this, obviously, (laughs) but uh, yeah, it's just kind of tough. Yeah. It's also different if you're flying with your husband, then you guys can trade off that time. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you're by yourself, for me, I get anxiety when they're like on top of me for too long yeah. on the plane. Yeah. And I feel kind of like claustrophobic. So like my husband is the one that like they sleep on him. Okay. Like that's, that's how we, that's what he does. Cause he can sleep on the plane and I cannot. So I'm like, <laughs> hey, sleep with the kids. Yeah. And then someone else is always like dragged across seats. Do you feel like at one year that they were like easy to like, would they sleep on your husband? Cause I feel like he always wants me. And that's something that's so hard because like when he, he like obviously loves my husband and like, he'll sit on him and watch a show with him. But then like, if he starts getting tired, he just like, is like, like he's like trying to get to me and stuff. And I'm like, Ugh. oh yeah, <laughs> help me. I think. I know when we had Evelyn, she would move a lot. So she'd like climb up on him and sleep on him. But then she'd also put her head on my lap and have the rest of her body kind of on her seat. Mm. But I know that on some, like in premium economy, that was our hard part is the middle. Oh my gosh. The arm rails like don't lift up. Oh, they don't. So no, not on all of them. Okay. So that we actually moved back to regular economy because you can move the armrests. Oh my gosh. And they can drink. I didn't mean to add like another element of stress. If no, no. I mean, I would rather, I think, no, I think like, let's talk about every, like, I mean, for me, like if I was listening to this episode, like I would want to know like every possible, like pro you know what I mean like because yeah I feel like if you don't know you're like just wondering okay what if what if what if and like I mean I have been that crazy person that I'm on Google looking up the aircraft to see if I can figure out if the arms move okay that's smart no that's not crazy I think that's just being prepared you know I would rather like know too much and be a little over the top than go in and be like completely flustered and like clueless as to, you know what I mean? Like, so that's, I don't like travel surprises. No, 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 no. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) One-year-old and sleep. How do you get them to sleep on the plane? I don't have this figured out to be honest. Like the way over they fall asleep really easily. And like you talked about earlier for the newborn, I think you keep the sleep routine going So we make a whole thing of it is like, we'll walk back to the bathroom, which is always fun. 
And then you change the diaper and put PJs on and you have their sleep sack and they'll have their milk or whatever. And you read a little book maybe and you go through the whole routine. And I think that helps and they darken the plane anyway. So I, I think on the way over here, it is going to happen eventually. I hope I have more difficulty with going home and mm. like trying to get that nap in on the plane. So do you normally change them? And <laughs> I'm like, I usually just change him like really quick when like, no one's looking like I, I actually, he's not pooped since he's been older, <laughs> but like when we <laughs> flew over, no, when we flew home, it was like super empty because of COVID, which was so nice. And I would just like change him on the bulkhead floor. Cause like no one was sitting near us, but I usually just change him really fast. Is that like frowned upon? <laughs> I mean, so it probably is, but only to other people that like don't have kids and like, haven't been in your situation. Like we definitely had a situation where we hadn't taken off yet. Like we're still boarding and my daughter had a dirty diaper and my husband and I just look at each other. Like, what do we do? Like people are walking past us, like putting everything in, like we can't go to the bathroom now. Like, what do we do? So we just changed her there like really fast. And again, survival mode, like you do what you have to do. But for me, like getting into bedtime mode, I do take them back to the bathroom because I think it's part of the process. And it's that like little bit extra that kind of drags it out that triggers them like, okay, we're going here to get ready for bed. Mm, Okay. I like that. And I mean, it's me getting up and walking too, right? Yeah. You're like, I need to move my legs. (laughs) I need to stretch. (laughs) Do you use any like, what's it called? Like sleep aids? Like do you use, because I know, um, there's a girl that has the fly air caught, which is a hockey brand that I've heard a lot oh, about. We have one. You do. Okay. We I've do, been yeah. thinking <laughs> about ordering one, but I just don't know if like, I'm praying to God we'll get lucky. I do have my dad and husband, so that will be helpful if we don't get lucky. Um, but I might just get one anyways for like a yeah. seat, but is that helpful? We just got it this summer and I wish we had it earlier. And we only got one because I thought I'd try it out and now they fight over it. So I'm going to have to get another one. Okay. But even if they're not completely resting on it, like my daughter did have her feet on it for a while, but then she had a seat next to her. So she kind of had her head on the seat where the air cot was, but she has like a stuffed animal baby. So I was never worried about that rolling on the floor. It would just be right next to her. And if she woke up a little bit, she'd grab it and bring it back. Like, I think it's, it's useful in more than one way. Yeah. Okay, cool. Still looking for tips. And I hope that like, I want to almost start a thread of like specific toys that okay we can get like for the flight home for one-year-old. Um, <laughs> but like, for me, I find that like stickers are good. Like he just kind of mm-hmm. got interested in that. Um, I've heard window clings. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's my number one recommendation. Is it? Okay. Like yeah. do you have like the jelly ones? Like they're thick. Yeah. I, I haven't used them, but I'm going to, I actually haven't found them on Amazon over here, but since my dad's coming out, I'm going to order them to his house and have him bring them for me. I bring them on every flight. And they, it just like helps kill a bunch of time. Cause so many people recommend that. Yeah. I have them on every single flight and They'll put them on the plane windows. They'll put them or just play with them and rearrange them on the table, the tray. And then it's a great layover thing because they're looking out the window, watching the planes, and then they're also sticking them to the windows there. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Okay. They use them everywhere. I love it. Okay. What are your other ones for this age? I like the suggestions where you wrap small gifts. So like new toys. And they say to wrap them in wrapping paper because that's fun and takes a minute. Um, Ikea has these like stacking cups. Do you know what I mean? Um, kind of like nesting dolls, but then they stack up to a little tower. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I know like I've seen the stacking cups. I just haven't seen the ones from Ikea. Okay. That, well, that's where we got ours and I wrapped them and that was a big hit. Okay. Those are good. Someone also suggested Easter eggs, um, which is kind of good timing if you're flying home soon is to put little, I don't know if that was you that suggested that or someone else, but putting little snacks in the Easter egg or putting little toys. 
I've found Easter eggs on Amazon that have like little cars or little planes, like toys that you can put inside of the egg, which I think was cool. I actually ordered them. What else? The iPad cars too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll be honest. I do not have a problem with screen time on flight days. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't. We have the iPad we have apps. We download shows from Netflix. Don't make the mistake I did on the flight over. And I was like, oh yeah, I've downloaded Coco Melon. Like all is good and not <laughs> checked. And I actually, they all expired. And I literally was like, you have got to be effing joking oh, me. No. So none of my shows saved, which was really hard because like, I knew that would at least kill a little bit of time, but yeah, like make sure they're actually downloaded and like up to date downloaded because I think they expire after like a month or something. So yeah. And then once you start watching it, like even if you preview it, I think it goes away after 24 hours. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> oh my god. Sneaky gosh. little ways they can ruin you. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we just stay up, please? You don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> yeah, I need this. <laughs> yeah. Um, all the snacks for this age, yes. all the snacks, like nothing is like, if anything, you're not bringing enough. So bring more. <laughs> Bring exactly. If you you think you're bringing too much, bring more. (laughs) You're not. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. My favorite ones are um, Cheerios and like the puffs because they're so small and they take so long to eat, but they don't necessarily fill them up. Yeah, that's true. So you could just let them keep going. I love the Ziploc full of Cheerios. That's usually a go to. Actually, a couple people asked me, you can bring like snack snacks on the plane, right? To like cut up fruit. Um, yes, kind people of don't realize this. And I think they're scared because we're so used to like the TSA rules as just a single adult. But when you have a kid, anything goes, they see the kid and they're like, yes, you can have all these snacks. They might take it from you and do something to test it, but you can have it back. Okay. Yeah. Same with, um, I actually just flew with almond milk in a bottle and I just mm-hmm. took it out, put it in the little thing and everything was good, which normally yeah. you can't bring liquids through. So, right. We bring like, um, the kind of room temperature, it sounds gross, but they have the juice boxes that have milk. And my girls used to have milk before bed every night. So we would take those on the plane and they would just poke the hole, test it, and then like tape over the hole and it was sealed. Fine. Oh, Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, that makes me think of, um, when we flew over here, one of the flight attendants, like if you need, if you, if you're, um, doing bottles and you have formula, like you just ask them like, Hey, can you heat this up for me? And they'll heat water up for your bottle or they'll heat your bottle up if you need them to. So that's nice. Yeah. I feel like use the flight attendants. Oh yeah. And they want to help. Most of the time, I know they're so nice. Most of the time. Yeah. Have you had bad experience? No, I haven't, but I feel like I need to say, I don't want to promise anyone that like the flight attendants love babies all the time and they're just going to do whatever you need them to do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've had pretty good experiences. I would say like when I happen, it's, it's flying for trips over here. Like, it's kind of like, Oh, like, hello, just, and that's it. Like they don't, really do much more than that but I have found flying internationally it's like I'm sure they can only imagine like a stressed out mom with a young kid um and they I've even actually when I was pregnant like they were really nice like they're like do you need water do you need anything you know just which I thought was cool yeah they even like held him when he was really little she like was walking around with him down the aisles yeah I thought it was so nice I was like not expecting that at all I mean, I'm entering into toddler land, but that is not my area of expertise. So I will kind of let you take it away of what any tips or anything (laughs) for toddler moms. Okay. So mine are three and five now, and I'm actually really excited for this flight because like we said with newborns, how you kind of don't need a lot or that it's easier. I feel like I'm now in that phase again where all of the old things that we've already talked about would definitely work, like bringing little gifts and new toys or screen time and snacks, like those rules all still apply. But now it's fun because my girls are really into games. 
So we have like Uno and Go Fish and they like rock, paper, scissors and I spy. And I feel like that's something so simple and it doesn't take up a lot of space, but you just do that the whole time. And then the screen time, obviously. Yeah. Um, And then we always do coloring and activity books and stickers are huge. Like I think the last flight, my daughter went through a whole like book of stickers and she was just sticking them on herself. And I'm like, you know what? It takes you long enough to take each sticker off and stick it to yourself. Even if I have to pick all of these up off the floor, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Cause do it's you, taking up all the time. Do you find that they're like pretty independent at this age where they can like entertain themselves a little bit? Or do you feel like you still have to really do a lot of the entertaining on the flights? No, I think they entertain themselves really well, but I think that like comes with the territory like they're very well traveled at this point they've been doing it their entire lives like it's it's not weird or strange or new to them so they have their own little headphones and even one of the headphones you can connect the second set of headphones so they could both be watching the ipad at the same time so and they play together and they want to do things together i will say the only problem is once you potty train that's a fun game to say mommy, I have to go potty every five minutes just because they want to walk back to the bathroom. Mm. So that can be a problem. <laughs> so um, if you're in the middle of potty training, maybe, yeah. wait, hold off. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> oh man. Uh, seriously. And then I really, so the last flight, I was a hundred percent sure that my four-year-old was going to rock it. I was like, she's old enough. She knows the drill. But it's just so true that every year things get easier and then there's also new problems. And because we only do this once a year, you're constantly dealing with like a different age group. So the last year we were not even on the plane yet. We're at the gate and we run into this family with three kids and they were three, five and eight. And they were moving from over here back to Texas. So we're talking to them, kind of playing at the gate. We board at the same time and we get on the plane and my daughter sees them go sit in their seats first and she goes to go into their row with them. And I was like, no, honey, I'm sorry. Like our seats are back here. And she like threw a fit. She's like, what do you mean? These are my friends. And the whole flight, she just, she'd see one go to the bathroom and be like, I got to go play with them. I got to go talk to them. And to the point where we caught up to them once we landed and we had to go back through security again. And my daughter had the biggest meltdown in the world trying to go through security the second time after customs because she had to be with her friends. Mm, it's so I, tough. Just couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. And it took the other mom telling her, I'm sorry, but we're getting on a plane now to go somewhere different and you're going to get on your own plane to go home. Yeah. But you, and they're overtired and they, they just don't know. They're like, I met a friend and I want to play. I don't want to sit in my seat with mom and dad. Yeah. But just That's every so year is a new thing. Well, I also feel like when you're in that situation and you're like in public and your kid is having a meltdown, it's just like the most helpless, like you can't help but feel like you shouldn't feel embarrassed, but it's like, you're just like, oh, like it's just stressful. Cause you know, people are looking at you and like, you know, people that don't have people that have kids, I feel like are really understanding, but people that don't are obviously judgmental. Like I, for sure, before I had kids was like annoyed. If a kid was crying, like just going to be honest, like if I was on a plane (laughs) and a kid was crying for an extended period of time, I was just like, Oh my gosh. But now I have so much more compassion. Like if a kid is upset or having a tantrum, I'm like that poor mom, you know? Um, yeah, but it's also hard because she was four and she had a mask on. And I find the most difficult part is the layovers in North America, because you know that you just got off this overseas flight, but not everyone else who's boarding a plane at four in the afternoon thinks that you're actually in a time zone where it's 11 PM. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's hard for people to be understanding with that too. And like, they don't know the circumstances. Yeah, that's so true. It's like sad because these poor kids, they just get so tired and like, it's just very helpless. Like, cause you know, if they're overtired, then it's harder for them to fall asleep, which just makes it difficult for everyone. Um, 
Yeah. Do you have any other things you want to add for the toddler age? Got it all? Yeah, I think as long as I bring their, like they each bring their own little backpack. So they have their own things that they know that they can go in there for. They have some snacks in there as well, as long as, as well as their games and such. And I think that's nice to help them feel independent and happy because it should be for them. It should be a fun thing. Like you should be trying to fake it at least if you can, like this is exciting and fun and it's going to be a good time. Yeah. (laughs) We're so excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) We're all just like loving this. Yeah. I actually do that through the airport. Like when I'm starting to get stressed, I'll say out loud things that are going well. Like the check-in lady was really nice. Or like you did a really good job getting through security. Oh, I love that. That's a good idea. I need to do that. (laughs) Just to make myself feel better. Yeah. I feel like I need to change. Like a lot of it is like your attitude, right? And I feel like I need to change like my attitude entering these traveling days. I usually just, I feel like I'm a pessimist sometimes. And I'm like, this is going to be like the most stressful day ever. People at the airport are always Mm -hmm. rude. Like I just have these like negative kind of thoughts. So then when it proves to be true, I'm just like, ugh, you know, but I'm like, I need to try to focus on the positives. I feel like that really helps you be a little less miserable because <laughs> let's face it. It's not enjoyable to do these flights. Right. I used to be that too. Like that too. I'd get really stressed out. And for some reason, something that was always the worst thing ever is I was so afraid of missing my connection. Like irrationally, I thought that was one of the worst things that could happen. And on our flight over here in July, it happened. And we ran through the airport trying to catch this flight. Everyone is just dripping in sweat. We've got all these carry-ons. And I was like, oh no, we missed our flight. Like this is terrible. And the lady at the gate had us rebooked on a flight two hours later. And I was like, you're right. They deal with this all the time. Like, why was that such a scary thing for me? Yeah. Made it and it wasn't a big deal. So sometimes I think those bad little things need to happen to help you realize that they're not that bad. Yeah. That you can get through it. (laughs) Yeah. I think it definitely sucks in the moment, but yeah. Any sort of travel issue, like delay or anything is always just like, so annoying I think in general that like yes when you like even if it's just in a flight in you know the U.S. or Canada or whatever but like when you are anticipating like such a long travel day and then something happens like whether you're sitting on the tarmac and for a long time it's just like oh my god like I don't need to add hours onto my day that's already like 24 hours no because you're like okay I mentally prepared yeah I mentally prepared for a 16 hour day not a 20 hour day Exactly. I think it's all about like the mental preparation and like the letdown if something like isn't going according to plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the last question I wanted to ask you is what advice would you give for a mom who is about to travel home, has anxiety or anything? Like what advice would you give them? I think it's sort of cliche, but I think the best advice is to just control what you can control and try to forget the rest. For me, that's a lot of preparation. Like I said, like I Google and I research, do my kids need to wear masks? Is there a play zone at the airport during my layover? And like packing is a huge thing that I can control to make sure I have everything on board that I think I want or need. And that really helps me. Like if I feel really prepared going into it, then I can be like, okay, whatever comes, comes. And it's all going to be okay eventually. Like eventually I'm going to get off that plane. Um, But yeah, I just try to prepare to the max. And I try to keep the last few days calm and fun. So I know a lot of times, especially to go home, people are very stressed out and they're like, oh, the season has ended. I need to get home. But I would just encourage everyone to take a few extra days Make sure you get done everything that needs to get done, but you're not crazy rushed. And I like to go have lunch with friends to say bye. Go bring your kid to their favorite playground one last time, like the day before, and just try to not go into the day already in like a high stress mode. Mm, 
I love that. Yeah. So do you try to get all of the packing and everything done like prior to this? Like, and then leave the last couple of days. Cause if so, like props to you, cause I feel like we're such procrastinators and like the last couple of days are always such a shit show, but like exactly what you're saying, it adds so much stress and anticipation onto the travel day because we're already just like, you know, at that last, like we're already holding on by like a thread and then it's like, <laughs> okay, now let's get onto an airplane and do this whole big thing. I wish you could see the room I was sitting in right now <laughs> because <laughs> Like I'm already like deep in the packing mode, but for me, it's a control thing. And this is the one thing that I can really control. And so it kind of takes my mind off of all of the things I can't. Okay. So like how far in advance do you, pa- I'm like literally just so curious because I'm kind of like in the midst of that where we're leaving in three weeks. And I'm like, I just had this conversation with Charlie where I'm like, we should really start doing this so that we can like, since my dad's coming, I'm like, I don't want him to come. And then like, have to be put on like helper mode with all of our crap. I'm like, I'd like to kind of enjoy a little bit of time here with him before we fly home. Well, I wish my husband could hear this because he'd be like, Oh, here she goes. She's crazy. But for (laughs) for me packing, it honestly starts like, I don't actually physically pack, but I start thinking about it over Christmas when our family comes to visit because they all are like very well prepped and will come over with at least half an empty suitcase. So I'm already thinking about like, what can I get rid of? Like, what can I send home? And then I like to start a list when playoffs start, because for me, I'm not thinking about the season being over just yet. And it's like a calm thing. Like I go through and I think of all the events we have this summer and what kind of clothes we're going to need for that to try not overpack because if I have too much stuff at check-in, I like go crazy. My favorite moment of flying is getting rid of the check bags. Oh my God. It's the best. You're like, it feels so good. (laughs) So It's so true. Hauling through that airport with all that crap is the worst thing. So bad. Cause you've got to stack it all on those moving carts. And then you also have kids that you have to get through too. Like if you're down a set of hands already from the luggage, it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just thought of something else too. I would say like, if you can avoid having an early, early morning flight, do that. <laughs> Cause yeah. we flew this not internationally, but just for, we just went to Italy. And then like in November, we went to Spain for the break and both of those flights are at 6am. And I told the first time after that first time I told Charlie, I'm like, I am never flying at 6am with him ever again, because like he was fine, but the rest of the day was just a disaster. Like, cause he was so retired and like, just like, like just screaming and stuff. And then we did it again. He was fine. He like adjusted. Cause he's like on a pretty like consistent sleep schedule. So it was fine. But, um, if you can avoid an early, like, I just kind of like in the morning of a flight to just kind of have my normal morning. Like I want to have my coffee. I want to gather some things last minute. And I feel like if you're leaving and sometimes you don't have a choice, sometimes there's like limited flight options, but there is nothing worse than waking up and having to just like jet out the door. Like it is the worst thing to me. No, if I don't get my coffee in the morning, then it's already a bad start to the day. Yeah. Like I need time to like have my coffee, go to the bathroom, like (laughs) grab like the rest of the stuff that I need without feeling like I'm, you know, go, go, go. Because then just like everything feels out of whack internally. No, I know. The only direct flight we have to go back this time is at 940. So it's not crazy. No, that's not bad. It's okay. We can do it. Yeah. I mean, you'll still have to get there like early right but it's not like you have to wake up at like three or four in the morning and then go because that would just be like so hard with the girls probably and I can never sleep the night before if I know like oh I have to fall asleep right now just to get five hours or oh something, yeah you know? yeah that's the worst <laughs> I know. that's so bad so excited to do it soon yeah well you got this when are you flying home uh two weeks tomorrow okay so what is that I just booked so we wait a little bit because um, my daughter's in her first year of kindergarten here. There's two. And we had to like get permission to take her out, which is a whole other topic. But she's in school until April 29th. So then we'll fly home that weekend. 
Okay. So the 30th. I'm looking at my calendar. Okay. So you fly home four days before me. So we'll have to circle back oh, and really? see how both of our flights went. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely let you know. <laughs> yes. I'll be well, like, this flight is going to be so good this year. And then I'll write you and I'll be like, it was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll update everyone in an intro, like update. <laughs> Amanda's yeah. flight did not go so well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your tips with everyone. It was nice chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, 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 oh